Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host, Joe Meyer. Thank you for being here with me today, uh, once again, on another episode. And uh, I know it's been a couple weeks, for those of you who haven't listened. I'm glad to be here once again. I'm always glad to be here, you know. Um, in all honesty, not to be on a morbid start, you really never know when you're going to be here, right? <laughs> you never know when your last day on earth is going to be, do you? I certainly don't. Um, and I know you you may not know. And, and who would want to know? I think about that. Would we really want to know, right? <laughs> uh, when the last day of earth, uh, when our last day on this earth would be. I don't think I would. But, um, but anyways, welcome everyone. And another episode. I have a few song selections today that are gonna hopefully excite you. Um, they're, they're they're different than what I played before, but I think you'll like them. They're they're ones that I personally like. One of them is a little newer to me in the sense, although I'm it's been around a while. But two of the artists here um, have been around quite some time. One of them is no, well, quite honestly. Two of these individuals from these groups are no longer living, so, uh, which is um, uh, sad, you know, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Let me start off by um, this first song, which uh, this was from when I was a teenager, and, uh, and, and we'll talk about the, um, we'll talk about the song in a moment, but let me start off by playing it for you first, okay? That is Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden, right? And uh, that song that song came out um, 
don't know when it came out. Oh, 93. Wow. <laughs> a long time ago, right? I was 13 or 14 at that time. Love the video. If you ever seen the video of Black Hole Sun, uh, I, I suggest you watch it. It's 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 a good it's a it's a good music video, right? When music videos existed, right? <laughs> Not like today, right? But anyways. Welcome everyone and a lot to talk about today. Um, but first thing I'm going to start off with is kind of a very sad note um, on the recent passing of our family dog, Lily, who we had since 2007. I know she was an old dog, but that doesn't take away from the fact that she passed and obviously we don't we know dogs don't live forever or live as long as people that is. Um, but still, um, acknowledging her and who she was and telling you guys a little bit about her. Um, she came into my life at a time when I was probably at my lowest point, right? I believe it was around 2007 and I was living at home with my mom, grandfather, the devil incarnate, as I renamed him. Um, and it was most likely after I had attempted to take my life, which I did that in February of 2007, February 7th of 2007, which I always, when you think about it, baffles the mind. Because I don't know, isn't isn't three seven supposed to be good luck? <laughs> you know, um, I would think so, right? And I'm kind of Wikipediaing it now. It's supposed to be right. Well, I guess you could say. Three sevens. And I was reading Wikipedia and it says, if you're wondering if 777 is a lucky number, the answer is yes. It's generally a lucky number. While you may have a mind full of thoughts while manifesting, when you see 777 peer, it means your luck is on your side. I guess you could say it was on that day. Because that is the day I uh, was going to attempt to end it all. right? Finish myself off. And uh, I know many of you probably heard this story before, but um, that was a day where I remember that day. I had just come back from interview. I went to a job interview. I was looking for work. And I went there and it was this place in, um, you know, I think it was nearby. Los Angeles somewhere. And... Um, I got there and they didn't have a job. They're like, oh, well, we don't really have any openings right now. So I'm like, well, I didn't say this to them, but I was like, well, why'd you even call me in then? Like, really, why'd you call me in if you don't have? And I think it it had to do with the fact that, I don't know, in all, in all honesty, once they saw me, they didn't like what they saw physically and they changed their mind, right? Um, 
that's what I think anyways, right? And then I went home, or I actually didn't go home. I went to a place called El Picante Restaurant. It was a Mexican restaurant. Got myself a carne asada burrito to go. Took it home. Sat in front of my TV, which I did regularly. Ate my burrito. And strangely enough, I, 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 I felt this need, almost like a voice telling me to go do that. That it was time, right? It wasn't like an odd, a voice you hear in the air or wasn't anything like that. Something within me told me to just go end my life, finish it. So I did that. I tried. I went in the backyard. And th this is a house that I grew up in. My grandparents' house, my father lived there till he sold the house a few years ago. Uh, that house, in my opinion, had some type of evil spirit there. And it was, it was an evil spirit. And it spoke to me and it made me very depressed living there. But I didn't really have a lot of choices at that point in my life, right? It was either living there at my father's house or living with my mom and my grandfather, which was, in my opinion, was even worse, right? Um, and so I went in the backyard, went in the garage, searched for some rope. I found some, this old, really old rope. I mean, it was really old, right? Um, there was a ladder in the backyard. There was a, a huge pole in the backyard that used to actually be used for a big punching bag that my grandfather once had back there. Um, and put the rope around my neck, tied it tightly as far as I could know. I don't know. I, it wasn't like a traditional noose or anything. I just wrapped it around my neck, right? And started to climb up the ladder right? at that exact moment my sister came home and I remember this that I this is the only thing I remember from that day after this I took one look at her and I still jumped I jumped off the ladder and I swung there and I only remember I did black out for a moment and then suddenly I was on the floor and I came to and I saw my sister crying and screaming and yelling and I, I you know and I I I was out of it and um, then a few moments later it must have been really fast I heard fire and ambulance coming you know police um, and they came to go check on me and they were pretty quick surprisingly and um, they took me away they took me away to Martin Luther King Jr. Hospital or some I forget the name of it um, I think it's what is it called I think it's Martin Luther King Hospital 
Los Angeles. Yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. community, right? I think that's where I was at, right? Uh, good hospital, by the way. Really good hospital. Um, and I was on a 72-hour hold, right? And, um, or MLK hospital, right? I was on a 72-hour hold. Um, and then eventually they transferred me to another outpatient hospital, which was called Penmar in uh, El Monte, California. Right? I was there for about two weeks. It was the scariest place because, yes, I had a bed. Yes, they fed me. Um, told me when to shower, gave me a time and how long it took me to shower. Um, I, I I got to see a, a psychotherapist or a social worker, excuse me. And then eventually I, I persuaded them, I guess it, I, I persuaded them to, to let me go because I, I had school at that time. I was actually studying my master's degree at that time. And, I, I, and that's what I was thinking about. They they did let me go, thank goodness. Uh, but and lucky I didn't miss too much of school, and um, I continued. At that point, I got outpatient care. I got medication. I got you know therapy. Um, you know, and but one of the conditions to you know. With my mom, once I came out, I, I had to come back and live with her, right? Because she wanted to be there and support me. Um, and I understood that, right? And I did. And so at first it was okay, you know, they gave me my space. I did attempt to try to get a job at that point. And even my sister in the credit union she worked for, she talked to her manager. And she was going to give me a chance. And I remember I was going to be a teller. Um, and on the day I was supposed to go to work, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to it. And I just ended up not taking the job after all. It was a hard time. It was a very difficult time for me. And eventually I left my mom's house when I felt better. Um, but during that time, we would I would take my grandfather to different places and drive him around and go to Home Depot and, and, and basically act like his personal slave in a way where he would make me do things for him, go pick up his beer, um, go take him to Home Depot, go take them to buy food, take them to the market, take them here, take them there. Uh, and then we'd go visit people, like visit his his sister in the city of Paramount. And she lived in a trailer. Not that there's anything wrong with that. but And so one day we were over there and his sister, his niece lives there. They had a dog that had puppies, right, obviously. And Lily was one of our puppies, right? 
was one of the dog puppies and and we had a choice lily was like a really small dog she's a really small dog regardless she's a small dog but she was really small um she was probably i don't know if they, i don't know if she was a runt or what um but you know um so I, we picked her right not the cutest dog i be honest with you she had these stringy long legs this weird face uh, but I don't know something drew me to to get her you know so I forget if my grandfather bought her or if we're he just given it to her given it to us so we took it home to mom right mom at that time she had her three dogs she had three Dotsons there were outside dogs Lily was an inside dog and but those three dogs Lily Kevin and Wynn and wrinkles were older dogs already you know they're an age but they were really outside dogs so we didn't really bring them inside and so took on Lily my mom loved her from day one she's really excited to have her and we took pictures of her and you know and, and I posted them on my blog and um because she was just a little tiny thing and you know and she grew up to love my mom and be there for her and support her until the last day of her life really she was there right i truly believe that lily also gave me a little bit hope and happiness because of dogs tend to do that dogs tend to brighten your day when you see them happy all the time I don't know about cats though <laughs> you know um, but uh, you know I've had cats too and, and cats are cats are cool um, but dogs have always been my favorite we've had a multitude of dogs over the course of my lifetime we've had uh, I'll name a couple uh, I'll name them we have had Tasha We've had uh, Smokey, Misty, another Lily, Peaches, Frisky, Cookie, can't forget Cookie. And these were all family dogs, right? They're mostly little small dogs, except Smokey was a, like a sheep dog type dog um misty was a collie kind of dog and then frisky was a cocker spaniel um and i've always loved dogs i guess the one dog i would always want to have one day for myself is a bloodhound i love those dogs even though i've never had one they look like good dogs i oh i also once had a um uh, basset hound and we actually took that one back to the family because that one was really 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 loud um, we bought him from a family for like $300 me and my sister shared the cost and my sister was really quite mad when I took him back to the family because he he, he, he wouldn't be quiet 
he was barking and barking and barking and barking. And I, I assume it's because he missed his family, right? And he was a nice looking dog, but people would tell us like, oh, I heard your dog like a block away when he was howling and barking. I'm like, oh, really? And he was really loud because, you know, we even tried using like a, I'm sorry to say, like a little, like a muzzle. And I didn't feel right about that. But he, that didn't stop him. He still was very loud. <laughs> and, uh, and and we just ended up taking him back. He, he He's from a family in West Covina somewhere, you know. And we just took him back and dropped him back in his backyard. And the family didn't seem to be home at that time. But he had his buddy there. There was another dog that he shared with. And his buddy was happy to see him. And we just left. I know. It's not a very nice thing to do. Um, but I think it was best. Right? But those were all the dogs. I forget the name of that dog. Um, but... Lily, going back to Lily, um, after my mom passed away in 2015, my grandfather took care of her. Actually, ended up almost probably killing her in a way because um, he himself was going through, I don't know, dementia or Alzheimer's. And there was people living there like his sister and his niece. And I believe they neglected the dog. They put her in the, in like, basically they put her in the garage and shut the door. Um, when, when we finally got her back, which was almost right before my grandfather, Devil Incarnate, passed in 2016, um, we got her back and she was very malnourished. She was very skinny. She was very nervous. It took probably a good year before Lily got back to being Lily again, right? And so it was hard. It was very difficult, but after that point, she stuck to me and my mom. Uh, excuse me, me and my wife and my daughter because we lived with my father for a few years. Lily was our protector, and she would sleep in the, in our bedroom. She would have her own little bed next to us, and um, but she would she was annoying at times. She would walk around at night. And my wife would have to tell her to go to sleep. And I know, can you tell the dog to go to sleep and they're going to listen? No. But she was, I don't know what she was doing at, at that time of night. It was actually a weird time that she used to do that. It was, I think it was like one or two in the morning that Lily would get up and start walking around and she would make noise. And maybe there was something there. You know, possible, right? Um, trying to warn us in a way. But um, she was a good dog nonetheless. She was happy in the, in the backyard. She would play. She would go outside, bark. There was no other, um, as far as I know, there was no other dogs or anything at those times. We've only, we only had her. And she was happy, right? Um, 
after me and my wife and daughter left Los Angeles, my father's home, moved to another city. My, it was, Lily just stayed with my dad, was there with him until he moved in with my sister a few years ago um, and was with him until she died. Um, Lily, you know, experienced some breathing problems the day before she died. Um, well, the day of that she died, I should say, and uh, took her to. They took my brother-in-law, took Lily to the vet, and they were going to do X-rays. And then around eight o'clock, um, she died. Right, unfortunately, right. And I don't know what's going to happen now. If they cremate her or bury her, I, I, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's very sad. My sister does have two other dogs. Um, new dogs in a way, but not too new. All right. And, you know, other than that, She'll, she's irreplaceable. Um, we'll miss her. Right? We'll certainly miss her. Rest in peace, Lily. I know it's hard, right? It's hard when you lose animals. Especially dogs. I'm sure cats too, but we've, I've had a lot of animals over the course of my life. I had um, dogs, cats, turtle, fish, an iguana, even a parrot that was a, uh, from within our family, right? Talking parrot. So we've had a lot. Don't really have pets today. Um, we don't really have, we're in an apartment, so it just, it's, it's difficult, you know? And they're very costly and, and time consuming, um, so we don't have pets right now. But anyways, let me play this next song for you guys. And I'll play this one, I think you'll, this is one from Linkin Park, right? And let's just, uh, See what you guys think of this one.
That's what I've done by Lincoln Park. Alright. Lincoln Park has a very soft place in my heart. Although I'm not a mega fan or anything like that. Although I love their music. You know, they're they're very talented, right? Um but it's very sad that, you know, the the first song, which is by Soundgarden, lead singer Chris Cornell and um, Linkin Park. The, um, the lead, one of the lead singers, Chester Bennington, right? They both committed suicide in 2017, right? So it looks like Chester died on July 20th, 2017. Chris Cornell. Died on May 18th, 2017. Wow, that's so sad, right? It's like almost a month, almost like a month apart, right? I don't know if there's, and Chester was only 41 years old, right? 41 years old, wife and children, right? Incredibly talented, wealthy, one of the biggest bands in the world, right? Leaving your daughter behind, and uh, when he died, he she was like, what, six years old? Well, five? Right? Incredible, right? How many kids? He had like one, two, three, four, five, six, six kids. Right? Wow, amazing. One of the wealthiest rock bands. And then Chris Cornell had kids as well. Incredibly talented people, right? Amazing, right? Children. He had a son. He was born in 2005. Daughter, 2004, wow. and then I think another daughter, Lillian, right? 21 years old, right? Blessed people, I say, and not that I don't feel blessed in my life. I'm thankful for my daughter. I love her. Never want to leave her behind. Never at my hands, that is, but if who knows when our last day on this earth will be, right? Who knows? Chris Cornell was 52, Chester was 41, right? And, and you, you think about those two artists living a life that many of us would dream of fame, money. 
and and I know those are not the only important things in life, obviously. Right. Um, but they had it all, right? They had it all. For whatever reason, it just wasn't enough. Right? Just wasn't enough. And I often think, well, what is enough for people? Huh? What is enough? Do I ever think about just ending it all? That would be a very hard decision. Because sometimes I would think, well, wouldn't, would I end it all to give my life, my wife and my daughter a better life than the one I have or have had? Not that saying I'm having a bad life, but I'm sure you know what I mean. If I could give them something more in this life, that maybe money can help them, you know, with you know, whatever. I don't know. It's a hard question. I don't want to die, right? But, again, I'm not them. I'm not Chester and Chris. I don't have millions of fans, millions of dollars. And, you know, you also look at people like Kobe and his daughter who died in that plane, uh, excuse me, helicopter crash, right? I mean, they, you, you don't expect you're going to die, right? They have incredible lives. Everything that money could ever buy, they just have to ask, right? Talent. Fame. Right? Power. Incredible. Things to think about, right? But what's what's on my mind today, right? Other things that are on my mind, right? I was recently reading an article, and and I, and I was thinking about this. And it was really about kind of where it began. What it was about Bill Maher was talking about how we in society celebrate being fat, right, and obese. And we do have an obesity epidemic in our country, maybe even the world. Who knows? I've been fat for most of my life, obese, struggled with it. In all honesty, most people in my family are overweight, large. You know, I know it's a real struggle out there for many people. But in my opinion, there's a lot of people that know they're struggling and don't do anything. They don't exercise. They don't eat better. Right?
where now in society we uh, essentially say, you know what, it's okay. As long as you love yourself, that's all that matters, right? Hey, if you're, if you're obese, if you're overweight, if you're, if you, if you're, if you can't move like what most of us should be moving up, then it's okay. But as long as you love yourself, um, it's okay in society. What don't 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 fat shame people, right? Don't make them feel bad. It's not good. But but you know what? Uh, I'll tell you this, all right? I look around and 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 again, I'm not perfect, you guys. I'm not a twig. I'm not a, a buck fifty. I'm a healthy one seventy five. And and. That's not all fat, folks. That's some of that's muscle because I do a lot of strength training, and it's something that if you were to see me, you know, yeah, from I do, I'm not fat, but I, I I'm constantly concerned about my weight. I've seen the scale tick up over the course of months because I have increased my weight training tremendously, right? Tremendously. And it bothers me. I was even like for a week, I didn't do any weight training. I was just going to say, you know what? I'm just going to do all cardio. And I need to trim down and get back to the weight I, I, I preferred, which was around 165. Right? And I know it's not a month, months. A huge difference, but still, it's it's about how I feel, how I look, how my clothes fit. Um, but in all honesty, my clothes haven't really changed in how they fit me. I still wear a medium now, right? You know, and but but you know, I know. And I'm reading some of the comments here when I go to like Twitter, um, what people say. And, and there's a lot of people out there who, in all honesty, justify people who overeat. And, and and some will say, well, what if the person has a thyroid problem? Or what if they're sick? What if they can't exercise? And, and I understand those are those situations. You know, I'm not insensitive to the people who struggle every day because I know what it feels like. I really do. I honestly feel my aunt who's no longer with us. She died in her mid-40s. She struggled with obesity, her weight. She was a very tall woman, by the way. She was over six feet tall. And she struggled with her weight. I think at one point she even had surgery. And it didn't always... That wasn't a quick fix in a way. Some people think it is. Um,
but I think part of it is she she passed away because she got a I think it's called celitosis. Basically, what happened is she I think she re, in the before she passed, she got in kind of a car accident. And she, I think her skin broke or she got an infection on her leg, which was very hard to heal. Eventually, it got infected. And I do remember when she was in the hospital, obviously, I didn't see this part, but I think they had to take chunks of her leg out. And given her time to heal, but it really didn't. So she ended up dying. And So I think about that, you know. You never know, again, when you're going to die. I live in a city where, surprisingly, there's a lot of fast drivers around here. Our um, speed limit's 50. And just yesterday, uh, I read about how literally probably down the street, there was a gentleman who was drive, who was riding his bicycle. I think it was like one thirty in the morning, going home. I don't know where he was going, and he got struck by a, a drunk driver and killed him. Right? They got the they got the drunk driver, right? Um, but uh, my question is, what was somebody riding their bike at one thirty in the morning, right? Now I know that's irrelevant, right? Many of you may think, well, well I should be able to ride my bike whenever I want and not get hit, killed by a drunk driver. I would like to think that, but there are certain times you just don't do these things. You, and I've seen it time and time again when I used to pick my wife up at a graveyard, you know, four in the morning, we literally go pick her up and then come back and there was an accident where we just came from. And I'm like, I was just here two minutes ago. How is there an accident now? Because that's how quick things happen, right? They happen like that, right? Just amazing. I know, we talk about death today for some reason. I don't know why it is, but let, let me change the subject a little bit and let's let's play another song here. This is the last of the song, but this one's by Nine Inch Nails. I don't know what this song's about, but I'm going to find the meaning of it. I just like this, uh, the name of the song and how it sounds, but it's called The Hand That Feeds.
So this one's interesting because I really didn't know the meaning behind this song, but apparently it's about the verbal attack on the United States government, specifically the Bush administration and its foreign policy, but can be interpreted as speaking out against abuse of authority in general. Nine Inch Nails was scheduled to perform this song live in 2005 at the MTV Movie Awards, but MTV denied Trent Reznor's request to perform in front of a large image of President George W. Bush's face. As a result, Reznor decided to cancel the performance. Nine Inch Nails was replaced by the Foo Fighters. Right? So interesting. You know, I love when learning about the song's histories, you know, like where they came from, the means behind them. Um, because they do have meanings, right? There's a reason why oftentimes when we write um, either a piece of music or a story, there's a reason behind it, right? There's a reason behind it. So it's, it's and, and you know, speaking of, you know, writing, my piece of writing's coming along. Um, gotten a few rejections on my current you know, uh, piece Helox 2029, because um, I'm currently querying that as we speak, and at the same time writing a new story, a new book, right? Um, and gotten a few rejections, but some of these rejections that I'm getting, um, they're incredibly polite, and it's hard to be angry at the people who are rejecting me at times, but yeah, you know what? It is what it is. I expect rejection. Not everybody's going to want or see my vision for Helux, Helux 2029, which is the book I wrote, and I wrote it in 2018. This last, this year, I just finished finally editing it. But I will say this. I'm going to give querying, which is what you do when you try to find an agent or a publisher. I'll give it one year. I usually query every weekend, usually a couple people every weekend. And if, you know, if for one year, if I don't hear anything, if I get no agent, then I will probably self-publish it myself. But if I was to do that, I would probably have to go back into the book again, re-edit it one last time just to make sure it looks okay, sounds okay. Uh, I, I definitely got to have a different perspective on the story once I go back to it, right? There's going to be things that I may want to keep. There may be things I'll completely change again, but I'm, I'm gonna. There's going to be things I have to reword. Um, but who knows what's going to happen, right? It really is. I'm not sure. Hopefully, I don't have to come to that. Hopefully, I'll get a, an agent who will edit it for me, give me corrections to do, and then make it into a book and and, and get it out there to the public, right? That would be nice. That would be a dream, but. We'll see. We'll see what happens, right? All right. Well, you know, you guys, I think um, you probably heard enough of me already for today. So let's wrap it up here. And oh, you know what I want to do is I always do this. I always share a devotional, right? see today is the 21st right august 21st the value of prophecy 
so shall my word be goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah fifty five eleven. Right. The Spanish philosopher George Santa Anna said in 1905, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Winston Churchill updated Santa Anna's words in 1948, those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. We understand what it means to learn from history. Don't make the same mistake twice. But there is something else to learn from history. God is in control of it. The prophetic visions given to Daniel, all of which came true in history, give us the assurance that God sees the beginning from the end, that his word can be trusted. Daniel's vision to this chapter 7 outlined the four kingdoms that were seen in other visions of the book, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Persia, Greece, and Rome. Some scholars consider Daniel 7 to be among the greatest chapters in the Old Testament because it's prophetic accuracy. We study prophecy not just to know the past and the future, but to know the trustworthiness of the God who keeps his promises. So certainly, um, a great deal goes into that, right? All right. So welcome, everybody. And thank you for being here with me once again on Just Talk with Joe Meyer. And I look forward to seeing you again, hearing from you again. Hey, you know what? Look me up on my blog. Look me up on YouTube. Um, Just talk with Joe Meyer. You'll find me out there. I have new blogs, new vlogs, everything out there. So so check it out, would you? Um, I also believe that you could find me on... um, Well, I'll have to go and... um, Pod and, and and see if I can add my YouTube on there as well. I, excuse me, um, my Twitter account uh, on there as well. So, um, but we'll, I'll go look and see what I can find. Right. Anyways, I just want to wish everyone a great weekend. Have a great day. Thank you for being here. And I'm gonna finish this off with our our song here. And I, I don't know, I could pick any one of these, but uh, let's choose this one.